Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for your main event. It's time! In one corner, the host of this show. He is the chief of Zonehead Nation, Brandon Kravitz. And in the other corner, hailing from Tampa, Florida, they call him the Z-Man, Zach Blobner. Let's get ready to rumble! I'm kidding. They're actually friends. Let's send you back to the studio for this week's Tampa Report. Yes, indeed, folks. Zach Blobner, one half of the J&Z show, noon to 3 p.m. on 95.3. WDAE, all part of our iHeart family. Also, you can listen to us now live on Sunday mornings, 10 to 11 a.m. Week one is in the books. And Zach, I'm sure all of your fantasy rosters were in peak form this past weekend. I actually did go 5-0, and but that was mostly based on luck. I mean, that won't happen again this season. Because I, I told you I figured this out last year. I differentiate my teams, right? So I don't draft all the same players in every league that I'm in. Just from a business standpoint, a gambling standpoint, it makes sense to do that. Um, now I have a couple leagues where I draft, you know, from the heart, and I'm like, this is really, you know, the squad that I, I believe most in. But, yeah, somehow, despite the uh, diversity amongst my leagues, I'm, I'm undefeated across the board, baby. Well, that's great to hear. I, uh, I did quite well for myself, but it's not because my teams did anything. It's because the teams I played against – did even less. It just seems like Tyler uh, being one of them. I was just able to just barely outscore him in our Superflex League. But doesn't it seem like everyone not named Tua, Tyreek Hill, Brandon Ayuk? Like they, I can count on one hand how many studs there were. It seemed like everyone sucked in Week One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's pretty funny how it worked out. I, I agree with you. I think pretty much across the board, all my group chats and different leagues of people complaining literally from like the opening kick of uh sunday all the way down to the monday night action we're just like what are we even doing playing fantasy it was a a frustrating start for many but i don't think it's something that'll keep up um i think week one's always an anomaly this year maybe more than ever or maybe it just feels like this each season we'll have to check back next year uh but i think things will definitely start to get going a little bit more week two for some of these fantasy studs well i you know i end up feeling a, a tinge of guilt even though i can't go out there and catch passes or run between the tackles but i'm not sure you'd want me doing that anyway but we hand out all this advice on sunday mornings and i think we do a pretty good job we take it very seriously and we we want you to go to go out there and get those dubs but when the players don't perform, it almost feels like a wasted hour. I mean, how much time did we spend talking about Isaiah Likely? I think that man had one target for the Baltimore Ravens. I'm just shocked. Yeah, it was it was shocking. He definitely locked him in as a uh, as a guy to play. <laughs> but that being said, I think if you go look at the tight end room in general, it wasn't like and you didn't say start him over everybody. You named like five or six tight ends you would have started in front of him. The guys that did outperform him, which was pretty much everybody else, it's not like they had gigantic games, you know what I'm saying? So, um, 
it's just tough, man. It's a tough opening week. Look, I thought I had a lot more stock in Rashad White, and he didn't even get to 50 yards. I lost a long-legged parlay on that bet alone, so I don't want to talk about that too much because it broke my heart and my wallet. Uh, but I also thought like a guy like DeAndre Swift would have a bigger week. Kenneth Gainwell gets the bulk of carries, and now we're heading into tonight's action with Gainwell not active, and you're like, well, is DeAndre Swift going to get all those carries, or is there something weird going to happen? Um, yeah, it's 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 tough. Week one especially is a big feeling out process. I think we're going to have a lot of panic this Sunday on the text line. Drake London, <laughs> T. Higgins, all these quarterbacks. It's a feeling out process. It just is, man. I mean, there's, you know, the hardest week to predict, betting-wise, fantasy-wise, anything else in between, is week one in the NFL. It just is. Yeah. Uh, well, let's talk about your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Baker Mayfield picks up win number one with the Bucks. What did the team do well in this one in order to get it done? Look, as a noted giant Baker Mayfield fan that definitely thought the Bucks were going to win and just are an amazing team yeah, uh, before right. that game. <laughs> no, I was shocked. Um, and obviously we've seen the news come out now, and it's been uh, confirmed that like basically in the first half he picked up on the defensive signals, and he was able to share that. He was able to communicate that so well at halftime and share that with his teammates that they were able to take advantage. Um, and then you look at three turnovers for Minnesota, two of them in the red zone. I mean, that's the tail of the tape, right? Like, that's what it comes down to. So I think we talk a lot about Baker as this, like, gritty, loudmouth, bravado type of guy. But he ultimately won because he was smarter, right? Like, it was a genius play. He played chess. Well, the Minnesota Vikings, he played checkers, and he caught them. Um, and then you got to give him credit at the end there where he was able to milk the clock. He has that angry run scepter now from Good Morning Football because he lowered his shoulder and got the first down when he needed to late in that game. Uh, this is the type of game Todd Bowles as a head coach wants to win in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in 2023. So I think when things are working well, this is what it'll look like. I think the offense can be a little bit better. I think expecting three turnovers a game is a little tough for the defense, but they'll be swarming the same way they were in Minnesota throughout the year. Do you think it was smart to let that info out that Baker Mayfield knew the signals? I mean, it's great PR for him, but wouldn't you want to kind of keep that close to the vest, just in case you're able to maybe let, uh, allow that to persist throughout the season? The thing, and I, I talked about this on air today, it's not like baseball where you tip pitches and you're like, oh, you're going to see that team again, or oh, you're in a series, you got to see them tomorrow. You might even see the pitch, same pitcher in the same series in the playoffs. When are the Bucks and the Vikings going to play again? Like maybe at the end of the year, and you're telling me from game one to game 19 that like something else doesn't happen, right? So I think in the NFL in this capacity, and they're not a division opponent. If it was the Panthers or the Falcons or the Saints, maybe I'd agree with you and be like, keep that under the vest until round two. Um, but what do you lose if you're Baker saying, yeah, we figured out the Vikings' hand signals? Nothing. Literally nothing. So my, my case would be, if I'm Chicago, who's the opponent this weekend, I would go, hey, we got to make sure we button that up. He seems like he's kind of got this figured out. He did with Minnesota, and maybe they just go back into the meeting room and put a little bit more time and attention into it, which maybe they should be doing anyway. But after news like that comes out, you know they all pay attention to this stuff. Any little bit of news that they can that they feel like they can get an edge from, that's mm-hmm. where I would be paranoid about that. I think it makes Baker well, look great, and they got the win and all of that, but I would be like, damn, I kind of wish no one knew that. While you're giving Chicago too much credit, did you watch them in week one? No, they're terrible. They're, they're, off. they're a bad example. This would be a much better <laughs> argument for me if they were playing anybody else. 
Yeah, but I get what you're saying. I, I just I, I just don't think it works like that. I think the better teams do button it up. I think, you know, Minnesota probably a little overrated heading into this season and that loss to the Bucks is, is maybe telling of that. I think a team like Chicago is not going to be buttoned up regardless, even if they have that info, which they do now. And I think when you get to, you know, Minnesota or not Minnesota, when you get to Philadelphia and New Orleans the next two weeks, that they're gonna be more buttoned up because they're just better franchises, better ran franchises right now. So I don't. I just again. I don't think it's like tipping pitches in baseball. I think that's the like easiest comparison because we're used to that as you know sports fans. We watch and we're like, how how do I not know this? But I think in the NFL, it's not nearly as egregious as often. And I think teams that are going to be kind of screwing up and letting those kind of things out there in the field of play are going to do stuff regardless like that. And that's what happens when you play, you know, bad football. Minnesota did last weekend. I think Chicago will this weekend. We'll see what happens against the next two. We're talking to Zach Blobner from 95.3 WDAE in Tampa. So it is the Bears this weekend. That Even though Tom Brady's not there anymore, I know it's not quite as hot a ticket. It's still the Bucks. It's still your local NFL team. And Chicago has one of those weird fan bases where they're everywhere. How hot is that ticket this weekend for you guys? Well, it's an opening game. Um, it's certainly less you know, spicy than the last three years with Tom Brady. I mean, the ticket sales and the price of the tickets in general just took a big hit because you go from the GOAT to whatever this version of the Bucks is with, with lower expectations. And, uh, yeah, I, I mean, look, it's it's the hottest ticket in town, but it's not really going up against a whole lot. I would be interested to see if, like, the Orioles race series that I know you're going to ask me about, if yeah. that was at the Trop, I'd be interested to see, like, how those two things competed. But, I mean, they've got the lay of the land here in Tampa Bay next weekend. So it's a hot ticket, but it's not like, you know, what we've seen the last few years of Brady in town, not even close. Okay, last Bucks question, and then I do want to ask you about this Rays-Orioles series. Do you think the Packers did a really good job on Justin Fields? Do you think the Bucks have the personnel to con- contain him? I think the Bucks have a better defense yep. than the Packers. So I'm going to say yes on that. Um, more importantly, again, I- I'm interested to see – how the offense is able to evolve because Baker now is a full game under his belt. Remember, he didn't play any with those receivers. That that offensive line, it was their first time all out there together in real regular season action. Uh, and Dave Canales is a first-time play caller, offensive coordinator, and he was way better in the second half. The defensive signal stealing definitely helped. But we'll, I'm interested to see how he progresses. And if Rashad White can, you know, get over 50 yards. Yeah, that uh, I don't like. Their, I don't like his chances, but the Bears' defense is so bad, anything is possible. Okay, let's wrap with some Rays Orioles talk. The Rays have won seven of their last ten. They are nipping at the heels of the Baltimore Orioles. Your squad over there, just and I love the Rays, but not right now. Okay, I need the Orioles to win this division for pride, for financial reasons. I I I thought that they would pull away by this point, but yet here we have the Rays two games back. And a four-game set in Baltimore. This has to be the most important series in baseball of the entire season. I think it's that big. With a little wager on the line. I have the, about a month ago when when I think it was right when the Wander Franco news broke. So this was way too late in the game because uh-huh. the Orioles to win the AL East was quite the value at the start of the season. But I. I wasn't sure what this season was going to be. If it was, I thought it was going to be kind of like the Magic season where you go, ooh, I feel so good, but they didn't make the playoffs. Um, uh, so after Wander Franco went down, I was like, this is a lock. No chance the Rays win this division. And so I, I put a nice little hefty wager on the uh, Orioles to win the AL East, and I thought I'd have it locked up by now. That is not the case. 
So this is what I'm thinking, because I know how much you love the O's. And first of all, just high fives between us for yeah. our MLB teams being so freaking good. They're literally stealing the show in Major League Baseball these next four games. Baltimore is going to be rocking. I uh, just spoke with Jason Lockenford, does sports radio out there, and there he's like, it's already getting crazy around the Camden Yards. Like, it's already starting to get wild here. Um, I'm pumped, man. I think it's going to be a great series. I, I just... I feel really good about the Rays taking three out of four. I really do. I think they're catching Baltimore at the right time. I saw Mount Castle went out last night. Batista won't be back anytime soon, if at all. Flaherty has been like a, a an awful addition for the Orioles. Yeah. And right now the Rays are rolling. And they don't have to pitch Taj Bradley, which makes me feel good. They're starting with Savale. Uh, their trade acquisition there on the mound that was has been pretty solid for them since coming to Tampa Bay. They got Zach Eflin, who's been steady this year. At some points, he's even been elite. Tyler Glass now, who is elite right now. And then they finish it up with Zach Littell, who is going deeper into ballgames than any other race pitcher the last two months. I feel really good about the race taking three out of the four. Um, but for the sake of wagers, let's just say it's a split, nothing happens. If the Orioles win, I will change my Twitter avatar to the Orioles mascot for 24 hours on Monday. And same idea with you with the Rays mascot. We'll go with DJ Kitty because I like him just a smidge more than Raymond. Uh, Monday, 24 hours to Tuesday. Okay, you're going to have to send me a picture of whoever the hell you're talking about. But, yeah, fine. I'm I'm, oh. I'm good with that. So, it, it, But it can't end in a 2-2 split. It has to be either Deal. one legitimate way or the other. Otherwise, Deal. we keep our avatars the same. I like that. I'm that's, fine with that's that. Fair. That's fair. Let's do it Tuesday to Wednesday because Monday is going to be so, like, football heavy anyways. So let's just let's play it smart here. Let's go Tuesday <laughs> to Wednesday. Uh, we will switch it to the opposing mascot avatar. How do you feel about the O's while I got you in this series? Do you think it's going to be a split? you like them to win it? What are you looking at? I love the fact that they're at home. They play so well at Camden Yards. It was such a stinker against St. Louis. So, uh, uh, of course, the vibes are not sky high right now, but uh, the Orioles have always seemed to find a way when their back's against the wall to just string together some wins. I like the Orioles to go three of four, so you and I are legitimately on opposite ends here. I think this is the division. They know it. I think they're slightly better right now than the Rays are. Um, so that that would be my reasoning. The pitching is a is a cause for concern, but they still have a good bullpen. It's not as good without Bautista. I think the uh I think the Orioles take three or four. And if they do, they'll win the division. I, I do think that whoever wins this series, as long as it's not 2-2, yeah, two, two, yeah the, the, whoever wins the series wins the division. Fantasy Fix with Zach and myself every Sunday from 10 to 11 a.m., and you can catch Zach noon to 3 on 95.3 WDAE all throughout the course of the week at Zach on the mic on social, where hopefully he will be changing his Twitter avatar uh, sometimes, sometime next week. Thanks so much, Zach. In the name of Crush Davis, raise up, baby, let's go! <laughs> Gotta bring up the ugliest contract in the history of my franchise. Tea Time is next. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.